Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ike Live. Uh, got a brand new show for you tonight, Saturday. It's miserable out in a lot of parts of the world, and we've got a good one for you. Joining us in just a couple minutes, the one and only Al Linder uh, in the house with us tonight. We've got Dave Brodzik uh, sitting with us. We've got Brian DeCarpenter producing. Yep. We've got Rizzo and Mr. Pete Glusick uh, on the Zoom machine as well. Let me remind you, your questions and comments tonight are so important to this show. They make the show run. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment, please hit us up on the IM. Uh, Rizzo is going to be putting them through all night. Also, if you're watching over on social media, at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or on YouTube, send IMs. We're going to check those as well. If you're watching on Facebook, let me remind you, we've got the like and share thing going on right now. Like and share your feed over on Facebook. You're going to be entered in a contest to win the world-famous Ike Live gift bag. Uh, wanted to catch up on that. Also, uh, before we get the show started, with Al, I want to uh, give a, a thank you and a shout-out to all our military, active, and veterans, men and women. Thank you guys for what you do. Policemen, firemen, EMT, doctors, thank you guys. It's a crazy world. We really, really appreciate what you do. Uh, Man, I am I am fired up ab about this guest, Dave. We've had, uh, man, the last five or four or five, six shows have been so good. And I keep saying to Brian, I, I keep saying, man, how are we going to top that last show? How are we going to top that last guest? And and this is one that's that's going to do that. And this is one of our last childhood legends and idols that Dude, we it to have on, right? Yeah. Oh. It, we yeah. had all the others. Big well, time. Almost, yeah. Uh, uh, big time. And when you talk about uh, inspiration and influence on all of us here, but on a large scale of people that fish right now, this guy is is a legend. You use the word legend. He is a legend. Um, been a hero of mine since I was a kid. I I can't even. I almost can't even believe we have him on the show. That's how in all I am. I almost can't believe we have him on the show. But I'm excited. To get him on, uh, Bry, yeah. uh, we, we, do we have him waiting? We're right ready. Now? Oh, yeah. right, we're ready. Joining us now via the Zoom machine, the one and only Al Linder, everybody. Al Linder. <laughs> Zoom machine. Zoom machine. Hi, Al. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Al. Hey, I got to apologize, Mike. I got a little issue with the light in here. The way the corner of my office is lit, but it is what it is, man. We, we are, it, you know, if, you, if if this was a phone call, if it was smoke signals, we would take it. We are so excited <laughs> to have you on this show tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out to come on this podcast, Al. We really appreciate it. No, I consider it an honor. Looking, looking really forward to it. We had a couple shots before, and I had a couple of personal problem that, kind of put it on a hold the first time so all works out man it all worked out okay first things first are you at home are you how's the weather where you're at give us an update on, on what's going on i'm in my office in brainerd minnesota now yep. and uh uh this morning when i woke up it was 28 below zero that's not Ooh. wind chill man it's real world tonight Ooh. it's probably oh. going to hit 30 below Ooh. so uh no. taking a look yeah yeah you know Doing a little late season adjusting. It's only going to last for another week. <laughs> and then it'll finally blow itself out. Oh, my gosh. That is cold. Now, we're complaining. Uh, you know, we're complaining here. We've had weather in the in the teens and 20s and some freezing rain and snow. And we're complaining. But that's cold, Dave. That's real cold <laughs> right there. They're tough people up there. Uh, it, they that, have to be. That's uninhabitable. It's uninhabitable. That's what Ken Duke would say. That's Ken, uninhabitable. Right. Well, Ken Duke's in Florida, so he would say that. Uh, Al, are you a are you a big ice fisherman? You still doing a lot of ice fishing? Do you have? Uh, you, I'm like I did did for a lot of years. I'm leaving that to the younger guys in my office yeah. now, Jimmy and Jeremy and Mike. These guys love love, love it. Uh, it's a little piece of business for us. That's good. I don't. Uh, uh, those days are kind of kind of gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of yeah. like the sunshine. I like open water. And uh, that's what I'm dreaming about. I spent my whole day today uh, uh, watch, watching uh, St. John's River. I watched yep. uh, uh, Major League Fishing <laughs> in Texas today. I, I watched probably 15 other television fishing shows. Yep. That's how I spent my day. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I, 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 this is a little out of order, but I, I want to ask you right now because I did the same thing. Well, I think we all did. We all watched at some level today. 
And this coming up will be my first year in over 25 years that I have not fished a major tour. And when I watched today, you know, I had like, I had like mixed emotions. Like half of me was missing it and wishing I was there and I was feeling a little sad. And the other half of me was excited to be home watching, to not have the stress, to not have the <laughs> pressure, you know, all that, all that stuff that goes with professional fishing. How, how do you feel? How do you feel all, all these years later watching it? You know, you were uh, a, a great competitor. How do you feel? Do you, do you miss it? Do you miss that competition at all? I'll tell you how, how the impact. I, I had one of those forks in the road at, a, at the end of a Bassmaster Classic in Currituck Sound. Yep. And uh, that was the first time I ever fished Tidewater. And, uh, you know, I fished uh, the early early parts of the BASS and a couple other tournament organizations that were trying to be a BCA Basscasters out of Mattoon, Illinois, Another one called the American Bass out of Florida. They had their events in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. So as tournament fishing was developing, you know, I started to fish all of these. But again, yeah. you know, I mainstay naturally was bass at that point in time. And I fished, you know, three classics. I won a couple events. And I was coming back from, from that, the, the classic in Currituck. And I had, at best, a so-so event. And... Uh, I'm driving back, driving back from the airport in Minneapolis, coming back home with my wife, and uh, she, 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 she says, "Man, man, you're, there's something heavy on you, man. What is it?" You know, I says, "Honey, I got to start. I got to make a decision. Yeah. We're in one of those forks in the road. In Fisherman's been it's been like three years old. It's starting to grow. Uh, uh, we're starting to make money. The television show is getting off the ground." Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm really, this is, I'm, I'm split on this. Uh, I love tournament fishing. It's something I'm good at. I got a shot at making a good living in this business. I'm torn. I don't know which way to go, but yeah. we, we got to make a call. I fished this tournament mechanically and without my, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. mechanically. My mind was in the next television right. show, the magazine. It was the next appearance. Yeah. And I thought everything was mechanical. And, and I knew I couldn't get myself, I couldn't get myself up. I, I says, we got to make a decision. I got to go one way or the other, babe. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, so, so we make the call. Luckily I made the, the call and in fisherman is history after that. So that was one of those decisions that we all have to make. And I can look back at it. I fish in between, I fish some tournaments now, not so much in the last few years, but I, I still like the competitive end of it, but the yeah. competitive and drive for me, Mike, actually went into the business and and doing what we can do to make it one of the, the best uh, television shows, the best mags, the, the best work I was able yeah. to do. Well, I, and all well, my energy went in that direction. Yeah, I, that I, I, I can tell you this, like, you know, when you look back on moments like that, we all have those moments in our life. You um, bet. I am, you know, I can, for one, tell you, I am so glad you took that right instead of that left and decided to do what you did. Uh, because you've impacted so many people, and, and it's, it's unbelievable. I know you hear this all the time, but i got to tell it to you again. Um, you have impacted so many people and have changed their life for the better. You know, for, for us here in the Northeast, um, you know, you were such an iconic figure for us uh, because I, I'm trying to think of a, 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 a politically correct way to say it, but we really sort of felt like outcasts in the North and Northeast from a sport that was dominated mainly by <laughs> s Southern anglers. And yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, so, so what, what you did and the level of teaching was so impactful for so many people. I just, I can't even tell you. And, it, it, and again, it's, I'm, I'm getting chills just talking about it be because – you know, you inspired so many people, and I'm so glad you decided to, you know, further in fishermen and the education rather than tournament fish. You would have kicked butt. You, you know, I know you would have went on to win many more tournaments. Let me – I do have some facts. If, if, if you're watching right now and you don't know how, how good Al was in these tournaments back in the day, let me throw some facts at you. <laughs> uh, you, fished, uh, you fished 26 events over with bass. 
and you came in the top 30 in 22 of the 26 wow. <laughs> events. For crying out loud, Al, you won two of them. Yeah. One on Watts Bar and one on Gadsden, which we know, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with the Virginia fishery. Uh, three classics. This is unbelievable. You caught a darn 10-pounder. Uh, Gatston, <coughs> when you won that one at, uh, in Virginia. That was on Gatston. Yeah, on Gatston, flipping docks, for crying out loud. Was, yeah, I it mean, came out of boat dock, man. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's it's crazy. So I know you would have been amazing in that route, but I'm so glad it, it life worked the way it did, and, and you, you were so in, inspirational for so many people. Uh, I, I do have to ask you this about the tournament world, though, because I encountered this in the 90s. So I want to flash back with you to the 70s and give me how hard was it to be from Chicagoland area, to be from that part of the world and to go rub elbows with these guys and compete with them? Was that difficult? Was, was, there, was, was there, you know, animosity toward you? Were you a Yankee? Were you all those things? Because I experienced this in the 90s. I'm sure you got a little bit of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a little bit, bit, bit of it. But it was uh, uh, the only it's like any sport, Mike. There's no difference. You want to get their respect, start catching fish and beat them on the water. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. What, yeah. Then pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you earn their respect. That's what right. you do. Right. That's simply right. the way it is. But it was there, yes. But not real bad. After I got to know him and and uh, 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 a fish, fish, I particularly got. Yeah, you know, it was in '78 when uh, when we decided. I said when I finally did that that split, yeah. and uh, that's where I got to know Dance and Roland. And at that point, Dance Dance went into the TV business. Then uh, Billy Westmoreland quit that year. I believe that was the year Johnny Morris quit and I quit. Johnny did pretty good wow. for himself, by the way. Dance didn't do too bad. <laughs> you know, we did okay. That uh, that was a pretty right call, Mike, for all of us. It was a good call point. for all you guys. But that, that Pete, we've talked about this before. Pete and I have had this conversation, and you know, we talk about the golden era of tournament fishing, and you know, I I think it was, uh, you know late 90s early 2000s but the golden era of bringing fishing to a new level i think was this period you're talking about al i think i think you guys you know from the 70s to the 80s that brought the sport to a new light that brought it to magazines and tv and radio TV, places yeah. never been dude yeah. what a critical time period to to be involved in the sport W w was it how I mean, it must have felt fresh. You you guys were doing things that nobody else was doing. Uh, oh, it was a rush, man. Every day was a new day. It was say you're doing something different. Yeah. You know, you, you, you it was just an exciting time. That segment of the sport was it was it caught on everywhere. Yeah. Every seminars in those days, Mike, Mike, you would go to a seminar in a city and you would have thousands of people, wow. thousands. Wow. Now, today, it's if you get if you get two hundred come, yeah, it's it's something. There was a hunger, a hunger to learn how to catch. In this case, bass, but uh, to learn how to find and catch more fish. There was a hunger, and you had the development stages of the Buck Perry structure fishing concepts were yeah. just kind of permeating. Carol Lawrence bring this brought this thing. Call the fish locator to the scene. I'll never yeah. forget. I had one of the, one of the very early, early, early ones. I went on the water with this th this this thing, and it was like, holy smokes, man! You started as a kid. You would dream about what it would look like underwater if yeah. you were raised. All all of us that are fishing nuts did this. You yeah. you would dream at night about if I erase the water, where are those fish, and what is it looking like? This was the first time you were able to kind of do that and look where we're at today man yeah. holy smokes it's crazy but all of this was in its infancy and you had different pockets of things happening all over the country and uh yeah, yeah you know the, the spread then the spread of information was all through television and and print at that time some radio yeah 
And then today, you know, everything goes so fast, fast, fast with the social media. Yeah, you know, it, it has made the spread of information is instantaneous. And, uh, you know, I look at our sport today. We had we have so many good fishermen out there for every kind of fish, man. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the caliber of angler because of the spread of information is it is staggering staggering i get in a boat with somebody's kids back in high school in my home hometown town here we helped launch that high school fishing team here what these kids are able to do with a rod and reel yeah. is is yeah. it's unbelievable how yeah. good these guys are it's crazy it's how you 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 did something that well how did it happen to get in in fishermen and do what you did as a multi-species like program like is did you recognize, okay, well, we've got Bill Dance coming out with a bass show and rolling and, you know, they're, they're, you know, Westmoreland's doing smallmouth. Right. Um, did you, did you decide to go multi-species to, to be competitive or, or was it the plan all along? How'd that happen? It was just, it just, just, I, I loved smallmouth fishing. I love largemouth fishing. I, I like catching every kind of fish that swims. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, and it was the, the amount of, of opportunities that, that were there, it just kind of led, led, led to, to multi-species. In the very early stages of in fishermen, our fish logo was a smallmouth bass. The very, very early yeah, stages. I remember that. Uh, uh, of it. But walleye fishing was in popularity. We started, uh, we started to have walleye tournaments started to happen in the north. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I was in some of the first walleye tournaments that started the boom up here. So, so even muskies, muskie tournaments started and I was fishing these things. So we just seen this multi-species thing. Yeah, you know, bass by that time, the other organizations were out of the way. Bass was dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as far as the tournament scene. Yeah. But yeah. but up here, we've seen all this multi-species interest and the people that were competitive in in a different fish. So that was let, let, let's well, let's do a multi-species deal. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what lit the fire, lit yeah. the fire behind it. Yeah, that that's incredible. Let me remind everybody: if you're watching, if you've got questions or comments for well, Al, we got them. Yeah, please, please hit us up, uh, and Riz will put them through. Riz, we got some questions coming already. I know yep. it's early, but let let's let the couple through. Yeah. So uh, Bunzi wants to know, uh, Al, being a true ambassador of the sport, what is the biggest change you have seen in the industry or realized in your career as a fisherman? Wow, Bunzi. the biggest change, the biggest change, change. To today would be the impact of electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's staggering. And, and from a, 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 as far as the resource, to me, one of the biggest con contributions of major league fishing to, to, to the sport was making it CRR. You know, that aspect at for a point in time. I think that was a huge, huge, huge move. Uh, personally, I think be, 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 because of the pressures on a lot of our lakes, the intelligent pressure, I think we have to see more of that. You know, you know we're doing everything we can to try to push it in the walleye world, musky world that's always been there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, it's intelligent pressure is staggering, especially this last two years. Yeah, you know, so, I, I mean, the education, you, you know, we are we got we got to do what we can to kind of watch that resource and and protect it to the best of our ability. But the electronics, it just blows my mind what what keeps happening. And look at the the caliber of equipment. <laughs> Every year, you 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 look at the rods, the reels. Where do these guys keep coming up with this yeah. information? <laughs> and the lures. Every single year, we see a, a a new type, type a Ned rig type thing develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and it it just it. it just spreads like wildfire and uh you think well what can somebody think of next to help us find and catch more fish they're sitting right now there's a guy tinkering someplace at <laughs> home making something with something that's going to be the next thing yeah. it's going to happen man you're it right. happens all the time you're right well what would it drives game? our sport guys that's what drives our sport it's something new it's something exciting and it works that's yeah. the thing it works yeah what were you using to win tournaments back in the 70s? Yes. Good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spinner, spinner bait, Texas rig worm, 
some some jigs the crankbait of choice was a bomber and if you had to crank crank a little bit you had a bomber you had a mud bug and you had the hellbender and the day of cranking with those babies with the rods that we had believe me you were one tired dude when you got off the <laughs> I mean, these things worked you, man. Yeah. <laughs> they they worked you. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I remember. I love. I still love all those. I have a lot of them still in the shop, a lot of those same baits. But speaking of tinkering, Al, this is another good little note that we have here. You've been responsible for a lot of amazing lures and techniques over the years. I just have a list of some of them. Uh, Lindy Rig, uh, the No Snag. Sinker, Lindy Sinker, Jig and Wrap, Stand Up Jig Heads, the R-Ben Spinnerbait, for crying out yeah. loud. That was uh, Ryan's deal. Yeah, te- I mean, that's got to feel good, you know, to look back and say, you, you know, you see all these young anglers developing stuff. But, man, you, you've you been doing it forever, and, and, and you were at the forefront of developing lures and techniques. That's got to feel good. It does. I, it, it does. And I don't mean, yeah, 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 you know, to those accomplishments are things you look back at your career. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 especially I'm getting a little long in tooth, Mike, at these days. <laughs> I've got some years on me, man. So I can look back at these things and say, you know, I made a major, some major contributions to this sport that have got it to where it's at today. Yeah, and uh, 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 this next level, there's a whole army of people that are looking to take it to the next level, whatever yeah. it's going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 25 years from now. And that's a good thing. That's the way things happen. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you have, yeah. you have, you have the old guard, you have the, 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 the middle guard that are on the front lines doing it every day. And then you got the newbies coming in yeah. and it yeah. goes like this, man. And that's a good thing. You passed on a set of knowledge that you had at this point, these guys pick it up, take it to another level. And these yeah. kids come yeah. in and, and these kids, somebody's kids are like headhunters, man. Yeah. That yeah. they have the fire in the belly is so incredible. And uh, uh, when you, those of us and some of you that are listening, they know what that fire in the belly to win, to get this thing done, to to accomplish something, yeah. to drive, to get this thing where you're obsessed with it. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night, baby. You you go to bed thinking about it. Yeah. You wake up in the middle of the night and make a note at it. At it. That's what drives it. Drives it. Drives it. it it's in it, and it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Yeah. It, it, it 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 gets you pumped. Yeah. So after, Al, all, after all of, these, go ahead, Pete. I was gonna say after all these years of doing this, Al, do you still feel that fire in the belly? Do you still get super pumped next fishing trip coming up, or is it still there with you? There's spurts of it. There's spurt. There's spurts, guys. I have to admit, it isn't what it used to be. I'm not quite that mad at those fishes I, I, I wanted to catch every fish in the lake that was the mission i want to catch every fish in the lake i don't quite i don't have that fire in the bell there's spurts that i get you know and i'm thankful for it but i i, I still like i like doing television shows I, I really, I, I'll give you a quick story if I got a moment, yeah, if you got, got the oh, time. Yeah, have at it. And, and we, we sold, uh, uh, you know, when we sold in Fisherman, uh, uh, I had a, a four-year non-compete. And uh, two years I had a contract with them, then, then another year. And then there was a year I did nothing. Did, did nothing. And, and uh, at that point, my wife said, you know, she made a comment in passing to me. She, she, she says, yeah, you, you know, you're still young. Yeah, 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 you know, we're independently wealthy. We don't, we don't need to make money. We can do anything you want. We're comfortable for the rest of our days. What do you want to do with yourself? Yeah, yeah, you know, you were driven yeah. so long. What do you want to do with your life? And I said, you know, I really, I really like doing television fishing shows. And she says, well, you might continue. You might think about doing it again. And that left, she planted that seed with me and it laid there for a while. Yeah. Until the idea for angling, if for angling buzz came up and I, you know, and I got back and my my non compete was done and and uh, still till today, the one thing I really enjoy doing TV fishing. Yeah. I enjoy it, man. It is not work to me. Yeah. Speaking of your TV fishing, so and, and and like Mike said earlier, I know you're tired of people. I don't know if you're tired or not. People telling you how much you impacted them, but I don't know. Somewhere between 25 and 30 years ago, watching your show. I still do a crankbait retrieve. He would get he gets his crankbaits at depth 
Yeah. And like like dragging a worm, he then works the bait and feels it while pulling the rod, not yeah. activating yeah. the reel. Then right. catches the slack yeah. back up. Yeah. yeah. And during that pause and during that, uh, it, it's it's something to this day that I still do. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. You know? And there's and there's there's, I would say, um, millions of people that have a story like that. And and that's what is amazing to to me, Alan. I I want to I want to jump on this topic, which is, there are lots and lots and lots of people that are watching right now that are going to listen to this uh, a couple weeks from now, and they have that fire, and they're young, and they're competitive, and mm-hmm. they want to make a living in the sport, but then to get to the next level and do it is a different thing. And so when I look back on on your life and your career. Dude, when you were a kid, you were just like us. I, I had read somewhere that, you know, you, you guys would rent boats and you'd get your, you know, you'd get rides. And then and then Ron finally got a car. And he would just yeah. drive oh, yeah. around the place. Then you finally got a 14-footer John boat. Dude, that's us. That's exactly that what we did. Like, that is us to a T. And then life <laughs> went on. You know, I know you had a, you had a, a, a stent in Vietnam. And then yeah. you came back. And then all of a sudden, you had this drive, something there that it, it, in the next series of years, all of a sudden, it was in fishermen. It was lures. It was guiding. It was books, radio, DVDs, videos, walleye tournaments, guiding, speaking, pro. Dude, where th- that conversion, sure. like to have that drive and energy and then to do it is another thing. If there are people watching and listening, give them, give them a piece of advice to, to get there, to actually do it. It's a, you got to, number one, you got to step out of your comfort zone and take a risk. Yeah. Get, yeah. Most people won't take that first step. They won't get out of their, because it, it is a risk. Yeah. You got to take a risk. You got to leave everything behind. And, and I can't say enough about the commitment to it, the passion that makes it happen. Passion, passion trumps, it trumps money. Yeah. It trumps oh. intelligence. Mm. It trump, trumps everything. If you got that burning passion and that passion means you eat, sleep and drink it 24 seven, it is almost, not almost, it becomes obsessive to yeah. you. It is obsessive. Yeah. And you go and go and eventually the barriers will break down you will win but if you don't want to make that commitment in this business if you want a nine to five job don't even come to the fishing industry and think you're going to make make a a a big buck in it it doesn't exist it's seven days a week 24 7 and you're going to go and go and go it is a lifestyle business i was i love it i still Mm. love it and and, uh, uh it is a lifestyle business that 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 you 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 better have a helpmate that can live with this lifestyle too, because yeah. there's a lot a lot of talent that I seen that didn't have the backing of the helpmate to, yeah. to carry this through. Yeah, a well, lot. It, it's it's amazing, and uh, uh, we can see it. I've I've seen it, and and you know when I was young, I really looked at I looked at a lot of the big names and top personalities, and I, Al, you wouldn't know this, but I saw you speak before we ever knew each other. I was a kid, and I saw you speak. And the one thing I saw is your hustle and how, you know, you were an inspiration to build a fishing empire, you know, Mm -hmm. more than anything. And I saw you go in all these different directions and doing it all. And I remember saying, I'm like, man, I want to do that. Like, I aspired to (laughs) do that because I saw you do it successfully. So uh, it's amazing. But... Here's the, the other thing I want to touch on, which is you were, especially for us here in this part of the world, you were, you and In Fisherman and, and, and Ron, and you guys were one of the first anglers to look at fishing from a scientific perspective. And that was so impactful for a lot of us, for me, because it was like, as a very young kid, before in fishermen, it was like, ah, it's luck, you know, just it's lucky, <laughs> you know. And then a- as I started to learn the systems and hear you guys talk about, you know, how you break down a fishery, the type of fishery, 
You know, all these terms I never heard of before, the type of reservoir, the systems, the patterns, the, you know, the acronyms. And, and, and I know, you know, like uh, there were other guys, at Buck, Buck Perry, you know, yeah. there were other guys doing it too, but. Water pH and the types do, of water. All of that, yeah. like uh, your acronym, uh, which I, I always, went back in the day, I used to call it FLIPS. So I had added an I in there, which wasn't correct. But a fish location presentation equals success. Like, we've all grown up with that, and it's changed the way we think about fishing. Um, talk about that, because in my opinion, for me personally, no one's had more influence on thinking about how you catch a fish more than you, with the exception of, like, you know, Buck Perry and Rick Klein and a couple other guys. But, dude, where did all that come from? Because that's, that's so groundbreaking in our sport. That simple, simple fact, Mike, that FF fish location presentation you put all through, it is, it is totally impossible to have a phenomenal day on the water without all three of those coming together. Right. It cannot happen for one of those magic days. You can have days you catch some fish, but the, the days that are hugely successful, that everything, all three of those have to come down come together if yeah, two of yeah. them you can have an okay day with two of them all three of those have to click they have to click whether you realize it or not yeah it yeah. and once your mind once you get you you think in those terms your mind is like a computer man and when you suck all of this stuff in you know when you first look at it you try to grasp how am i going to remember this stuff if, after so long it's second nature to you. You're putting your boat in the water. Before you put your boat in the water, you're already eliminated on the drive so much of what the lake, you know what the yeah. weather was the last few days. You get to the dock, you know the water water color, the temperature. You know all of these conditions been running through your mind and your mind is going, and you eliminate so much stuff so fast <laughs> to get right to the bite, man. man. And that's uh, and and it all falls back to learning to think that those three things and a lot of good fishermen that don't even realize they're good, but they don't know that that is happening to them. I've talked to you, you know, yeah. being in the television show business, yeah, you, you know, you meet some good anglers, you go on different shoots, and and you're going to talk to the guy to maybe get. You don't know how he's going to be if you get in a boat with him. Yeah, you know, will he freeze up when the camera goes on him? What's going to happen, man? And there's so many good fishermen. They don't know what they know. They they know it instinct. They don't know what they know. So when you're trying to communicate, if you ask them a distinct question, they don't know how to answer it. It's just part of what they do. So you got to get in the boat and you got to fish with them for a little while to see those nuances because they don't know what they know, but it's just been picked up over the years. And in this condition, this spot, and this bait, you do this, it catches fish. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, for, for Pete and I, Pete and I grew up uh, tournament fishing here in New Jersey through the Federation. And, you know, to, to think about that that aspect of it, to the thinking side of the sport, was so critical, Pete, for us to get to mm -hmm. the next level. Uh, I mean, it 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 changed our careers. You want to touch on that, Pete? Yeah, I, I what you know what you said, Al. So interesting because I I you know we teach obviously, and when guys ask you, and this has always shocked me, they're like, you know, what? Well, how did you get? How did you get that bite? And and I'm like, just like you said, Al, I don't know. Let, let me let me think about it for a second. You know, uh, what did I do? Oh, okay. Then then you start to break it down, and you realize that you're, you know, making the bait move in a certain way, which means you have to do manage your rod and line in a certain way in order to trigger that strike, in order to get it through the grass, or how are you getting it through the brush piles without hanging up? Well. I, I I don't know. Let me back in here and, and try to figure this out, you know? And and you you get these epiphanies about that you can reuse over and over and over again. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So so for me, becoming a teacher, you know, in the Bass University has I feel like has made me a lot better angler because it causes me to look back into my my own fishing 
And, mm -hmm. and in order to be able to convey that message, I got to dive in deep to what I'm doing. Sure. And, and that, that's helped me tremendously. And you, Mike, you're right. You're absolutely, you know, you were the cutting edge on that, you know, breaking it down, making it to where it wasn't an accident that you were getting out there and catching those fish. Yeah. And it, it was always awesome to watch, but I, I'd like to take just a, a, a mini step back about television because today, today a lot of people are are going in. They're making it through the YouTube mm -hmm. uh, business model, and you know, you went back into television with your program probably right before that boom took place over on YouTube. I'm just curious as to what you think about the guys that are. Uh, crushing it over on YouTube and is, is, is television, where does television fit in all this? And, and what's the future look like for television? This YouTube phenomena and a lot, a lot of these young people that were right place, right time. And I got to give credit to some of them that they seen an opportunity and ran with it. Quite frankly, a lot of it, I don't understand, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I truly don't get it. Uh, I. I. I look to stuff. I want to learn. I want to learn something that'll help me find and catch more fish. That's why I go out. The experience. The the part that is just maybe pure inner. I guess you can call it. A lot of it, I don't get, guys. A lot. It's real. It's there. They are reaching an audience. Some of them have made astronomical money. I give them credit for that. Where that thing goes, I don't know, man. I don't know. That segment of our sport is still, it's kind of like mind boggling to me. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm boggled too. It's kind of like, you, know what I mean? you don't fully understand, but people are yeah. making money on it. It is. I, I, it's like, it's like yeah. Bitcoin. It's exactly like Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, ob funny observation. I was, I was scrolling. It's funny you mentioned Bitcoin. No, that's another for... story. My, my kid, he's probably watching this thing. Him and my wife got on this Bitcoin thing in the last two months. <laughs> They're into Bitcoin. That's another story. It's got nothing to do with fishing. <laughs> Al, hey, Al, we had a computer genius on this show about five years ago that was trying to tell us about Bitcoin back then. Yeah. Might have been we would all be living yeah. in castles right now. if We, <laughs> yeah, we should have listened to him. He was oh, crazy. Yeah. Brian, what did you got? No, so I was, I was looking for um, – I was running through YouTube today looking for uh, – Actually, I was looking for a clip, Al, and I don't want to get into this just yet, but it, it went back to a, a show you did, uh, Feeding Habits of Bass, with, uh, and you had Rick Clun in your boat. So that's okay, what I was looking yeah. for. Right. But yeah. I come across a YouTube video about, do bass eat bluegill? And it had 2 million views. <laughs> and then as I'm scrolling, I see, here's something that Al did in the 70s, and on the cover, there's a bit of, of this uh, cassette tape. Yeah. Or um, VHS, VHS, yeah. yeah, of a bass eating a bluegill. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, the the theory is it's like of course they yeah bluegill yeah. thirsty is right. YouTube right views views <laughs> doesn't always convert to actual no legitimate so, content. So, but so we but silly. we know that. Uh, let me remind everybody if you're watching, you got a question or comment, please please send them through. Uh, we've got amazing uh, The Legend of Sport, Al Linderon. Yes. Riz, what else we got? Let's get a couple more through here to Al. What do we got? Uh, Team No Fish wants to know, Al, over all the years that you spent uh, doing In Fisherman and your other fishing shows, where was the favorite place you ever got to fish? Oh, good one. Favorite lake. Favorite. My, still my favorite lake in the whole world, day in and day out, for every species of fish would be Lake of the Woods. I knew it. I knew oh, it. On the yeah, Canadian-Minnesota yeah. border. Yeah. Now, it's a million acres of water. It's got 14,000 islands on it. And believe me, it, it's you can never get bored there. There's so many different basins that fish use. You've got crystal clear water. You, you've got pea green algae in some areas. You've got the stained water. You've got weed. Everything you can imagine is there. In fact... I know Mike was there many years ago on the north end. You fished with Joe Pritchett. You fished with Jumping Joe. Joe. We called him the, call the gentle giant. Big we fished Joe. a bunch of tournaments against yep. him. The big man guy. is huge. Yep. Yeah, big, big guy yep. in there. And I remember when you were up there there with him at, I forget the name of the lodge that he guided out of up there. 
And uh, uh, every time I seen him after that, I think you you introduced him to the the wacky worm or something. I think it was the wacky worm, yeah. and he was he was numb. Uh, and, and that was when the wacky worm was still a secret. Nobody yeah. you know nobody was fishing the stupid looking that that, that thing to the market. <laughs> yeah, it was. It that was... lake, it is an amazing, amazing complex of water. Yeah, it was amazing, I, and I remember that it was so. I at the time was working with. Dick Sporting Goods, and uh, every fall they would take the top 15 or 20 lodge managers and they would send them on a trip to Lake of the Woods. And I was working with them at the time, so they would send me up there. And it was the absolute most, it's, you know, I went there two or three years in a row. It was the most incredible fishing from walleye to smallmouth to largemouth to giant pike. I mean, it was uh, incredible. But the one year, the Senko was really, really new. You know, that was it. it. That it was, was new, it. It was new to That's all it. of us around here. And I remember I took some up there and we got in a bay. And I mean, we caught we caught them on every cast for an hour. Like it was insane. And so then I, I sent him a, a hundred count. I mailed it to him because he was so good to me. I mailed it to him. Well, him and his tournament partner, who I, I'm, I'm skipping his name. Hiram. 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 Yes. Hiram. Hiram won every event for the next two years with largemouth fishing the Senko until <laughs> until people caught on to it. So it was a what a what an amazing fishery. Wow. What a phenomenal fishery. What and what a what a great guy. Shout out to Big Joe. I how cl how close do you live to that, Al? You said you're in Minnesota now, right? Yeah, I'm three hours away way, way from, from the US side. The, of that of that million acres, three hundred thousand acres is open water on the u.s side and that's all walleye water except in in the rainy river and it's got a huge smallmouth population in it and they're starting to go along the canadian side of the lake like everywhere else in the country that smallmouth fishing fishery is booming man yeah. it, it is on fire yeah. and uh, uh uh from there on when you get to the islands it's smallmouth city for the the other three quarters of that lake has, has development plagued it yet, or is it still real remote? No, no, she's pretty remote. Yeah, but yeah. when you get on there, I mean, just a man, it's a big, big complex, man. And, I'm, and, I'm, and even with the horsepower, the size boats, and everything we got, got, got today, there's a lot of water to there's a lot of water to cut, but it isn't developed. There, there's a there, there's an amazing amount, amount of places to fish on. They're just amazing, as you can imagine. It is not, like I said, there, there's lakes that are boring lakes, and then you have systems like <laughs> yeah. like, the, like this that, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just mind-boggling how much water there is to fish yeah. with, with good, strong populations of fish. Yeah. You, you mentioned that the smallmouth are booming, and we were talking uh, before we came on about Vermilion, and that's booming. Uh, with small, it, why is it booming? Is it the is it the zebra mussels? Have gobies got into it? Uh, what what's helping that lake along? All of that. Well, the zebra mussels got every good smallmouth walleye fishery in the United States and Canada now pretty much has got zebs in it, and they got crystal clear. And the the smallmouth, the the gobies have been a big plus. And in our regions here, uh, uh, the other aspects of, of the, a lot of the populations of smelt and cisco have skyrocketed the open water populations and the smallmouths zeroed in on it. And in a, yeah. so many of these tournaments on these big lakes now, and if you get the right bites, you're catching those smallmouths on top water bait. They'll leave the structure. And in the morning, early in the morning, they're living, the big, big, big monsters are living in open water. And they're on that Cisco smelt bite. And uh, you get the mornings, when they come up out of the hatches, they're high in the water column, and you got a topwater bite for a couple hours. And the biggest smallmouth in the system, I mean, you're throwing, throwing walking baits or poppers over 100 feet of water. You, you, there isn't a piece of structure near you. And then big brown bass are out there. Yeah, yeah you know, and you, we learned to zero in on, uh, on that more and more and more. It, but the, small, the smelt in particular have picked up in a lot of these lakes have just skyrocketed. Wow. And the, the smallmouth that used to top off at three, three and a half pounds, the numbers were always there. The numbers there, you always caught a lot of fish. But you know, they'd have been one to two and a half pounds. A big one would have been three and a quarter maybe. Well, now them big ones are five, five and a half, 
all because of the forage, the clear water, the ability for these fish to feed in the open water environment. It's been a huge plus to the explosion of smallmouth in this country, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, Central. Uh, you know, that clear water has helped them immensely and what it has done to the forage to reinforce it. And, and uh, uh, it, it being my favorite fish, I just, I, I'm so happy with the smallmouth fishing today. It's just made amazing. Wow. That's I, awesome. I, I'm impressed. We all want to come up there and go fishing. I, I got to, I want to ask this question I, because you said about, you know, the Senko that Mike brought up to Lake of the Woods and, you're always on the cutting edge, and and I'm I'm like uh, I'm a bit of a pessimist. You really gotta, Allure's really gotta impress me. Like like I had the uh, the the chatterbait in my boat for two years because it's a stupid lure and it looks like it doesn't, doesn't have a wee guard and a dumb metal lip. <laughs> have you ever done that, like me? Have you ever slept on like something that turned out to be magic because you just you're like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> every every year, Pete, I, I, I'm a groupie of this sport, and I'm chasing the, the, the new hot magic bait. I mean, I want it. I'm there. I'm watching. I, I read up every manufacturer. What do you got coming out? And I'll okay. go buy a bunch of them. <laughs> With the uh, industry, I'm good for our industry. I'm really good for it. Oh man, that's. I awesome. need to take. I need to take a page out of your book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to keep some questions coming, Riz. I've I've got one real quick, and I'm going to go back to you. Uh, this right. one's over on Instagram, Al, and it comes from the fake Tommy Biffle is asking this <laughs> question, and his question is two parts. It says, Al, is it true you guide it with Tommy Martin? and Harold Allen at Toledo Bend. And then the second part of the question is, if it is true, man, that must have been a wild time. What what happened? <laughs> oh, it is 100% true. Wow. Uh, uh, I left, uh, I was guiding in Minnesota, Lindy Tackle Company. We were just starting, my brother and my partner, Nick Adams, they were married with kids. I was single at the time. I had no responsibility. I hit the road, hooked up my boat, and all I did was fish. Wow. Fish. And, and a buddy of mine up here, here, we guided here. He says, yeah, you got to come, come to Sam Rayburn with me. The lake is on fire and all bunch of the guides that used to guide on Greer's Ferry went to Sam Rayburn. They said, you can get the guide trip is endless. Then you know, you'll learn the water real quick, quick. And you go, so hooked up my boat, went with him, went to Broadus, Texas, got a cabin with Harry. We rented the cabin. I walked out down to Jackson Hill. I looked at the water. I'd never seen so many trees in a lake in my life. <laughs> it took me a while. I don't know how many jigging spoons I lost on those trees. These guys are telling me in the winter how to fish jigging spoons in trees. Okay. I'm buying them by the dozens. At the end of the day, I'm breaking them all off. I, I'm trying to figure out how to fish a jigging spoon in, in trees. <laughs> and finally, I got on the bite a little bit, and, and uh, one of the guys, Ralph Giso, that headed up one of, where all the guys, the M Motel was the place in Broadus, and that's where I met Tommy Martin. He and I were pretty close friends, and, and Harold Allen was there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a couple other guys that, that, that came out of, out of that group. But that was the heyday. That was an explosion of bass fishing there, and the knowledge – uh, uh, you, you know, you had twin spins were hot winter bites. So you had twin spins. You had the jig, you had the jigging spoon and you had the little George tail type baits. And I learned in, in, on Rayburn that winter, how to fish all these baits. And then by the time you got into the, the, the March, when the, when, when, when the, the pre-spawn bites started happening, you know, and that was a spinner bait and a, a lipless crankbait and, and, and that, but yeah, I was there, uh, uh spent, spent this whole season in Broadus, Texas. And it was one of those windows in time that molded my career. Wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That must've been a wild time. Cause I know, I know I've heard stories of Tommy Martin and Harry, Al- Harold Allen back then. They were wild. They were oh, yeah. wild childs back then. <laughs> Let me tell you, Broadus, Texas at that point in time, it was like the wild, wild West. <laughs> <laughs> it was something else, man. Wow. <laughs> and we would pull, all of the guide trips were coming. All the money, it was go, the Gulf Oil had hired all the guides. And they would yeah. come up, Gulf Oil would pour up there and hire all the guides. Every fishing camp was loaded with wow. the, the executives from Gulf Oil. 
And believe me, it got really crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, I, now that's what I want to see a YouTube yeah. video of that. Of oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I'd pay to see a YouTube video of that. You know what I mean? Pick, picking up the money. clients at the brothel in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise, what a time. What a time. Um, Al, if, if we take a break, will you hang in there with us for one more segment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Listen, if you're watching right now, tune. Hang in there. You're gonna. We're gonna tune back here with Al Linder. Hang in there with us when we come back. More of this amazing show, talking to one of the greats of the sport. Four and a half inch drop shot worm, Bama bug, finesse jig, PB and J. Give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three out. No, 4 EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerk bait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, four places to throw a frog, exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass and how-to videos for all the great baits I receive how to tune a crankbait is that underwater footage I smell I got goosebumps so if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me or you just like getting new tackle every month go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today Ooh, live minnows is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Oh. Is he in my pocket? This time of year, I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics too. There he is. This, 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 this. Another one. Next cast. And that would be number six. I'm addicted. I'll admit it. I'm I'm straight addicted. This might be bigger. You think so? Yeah. mayhem on your crappy jig and look where the stripers get it you can't even see it man that might be a keeper this is your tackle not that kind of tackle you use it to catch this or this or this you also use this and that and these this this is your environment so is this you love it live for it but it will turn this into that this is the Flambeau Z-Rust Max Tuftainer Series. These are fully infused with exclusive Z-Rust VCI anti-corrosion technology. This is a U.S. Naval battleship. The same Z-Rust technology used here has been used on those to protect advanced weapon systems from corrosion in conditions like these. For the fish, it's invisible, odorless, tasteless. And for you, it's FDA-safe anti-rust protection for a minimum of five years. This is the next level of tackle management. Not that kind of management. This is the Flambeau legacy of tackle systems. What's your tackle worth? It's more than who you are. It's who you're with. And it's more than what you do. It's where you do it. Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey. 